Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. We are continuing to look at Dr. Willard F. Harley's work as published in his signature book, His Needs, Her Needs, Building an Affair-Proof Marriage. What are some of the enemies that keep spouses from solving the problems they have with each other and that keep them from talking to each other? Well, according to Dr. Harley, there are three primary ones. We were looking at enemy number one, making demands, when we closed last week's broadcast. Rather than demanding, a better approach to any marital problem is to ask, How would you feel about helping me with a problem I've been having? It communicates care for your spouse, a willingness to negotiate, and an appeal to your spouse's care for you, all essential elements of intimate conversation. Demands, on the other hand, communicate the opposite. Enemy number two is being disrespectful. You know, a sure way to end intimate conversation is to say something that can be construed as being disrespectful. Even if something as simple as rolling your eyes in response to a spouse's comment can end what could have been a very enjoyable evening together. Avoiding disrespect in marriage doesn't mean that you must agree with everything your spouse does or says. In fact, conflict is to be expected in even the most successful marriages. But the way you disagree should not be offensive. But what if I don't respect my spouse's opinion? What should I say then? Well, regardless of how you feel, don't say anything disrespectful. It's an emotionally wise thing to do because disrespect makes massive love bank withdrawals and usually cripples intimate conversations. Disrespect prevents couples from finding mutually agreeable solutions to their problems. Sometimes spouses express disrespect unintentionally. If there's ever a question about what makes a comment disrespectful, here's a simple test. If your spouse considers what you say to be disrespectful, it is. And remember the 93-7 rule. 93% of your communication is nonverbal. What are you saying nonverbally with your body language and demeanor? Enemy number three of intimate conversation is expressing anger. Dr. Harley says that expressions of anger are always intended to be hurtful. He goes on to say that when spouses are angry with each other, they should say absolutely nothing until they've had a chance to cool off because whatever they say will be abusive and insane. This goes along with Dr. Gottman's description of flooding when you feel emotionally and physically overwhelmed by the situation. Your pulse rate rises, usually to over 100 beats per minute, and your body releases stress hormones, including adrenaline and cortisol. Other physiological changes also take place. Your brain takes this as a sign that you are in danger and that it is fight-or-flight time. It definitely isn't the time to try and have a rational discussion. As we've said many times before, the number one rule of communication 
is that until the emotions of the situation are dealt with, the facts don't matter. Anger outbursts directed at your spouse are especially destructive in marriage. Your marriage should be a relationship of mutual protection and care. But anger turns you into your spouse's biggest threat. And according to Dr. Harley, whatever you might think of saying to your spouse when you're angry is better left unsaid. If you ever get a chance to see a video recording of one of your angry outbursts, you'll definitely agree with him. Enemy number four, dwelling on mistakes, past or present. You know, mistakes are common in life and they're especially common in marriage. Whenever we fail to take an opportunity to make our spouse happy, or if we do something to make our spouse unhappy, we've made a mistake. But mistakes may be difficult to prove. For what one person calls a mistake might seem correct or at least justifiable from another's perspective. It's all too common for spouses to dwell on each other's mistakes and argue about who is to blame for their problems. When you dwell on each other's mistakes, you drive each other away emotionally, if not physically. Now, there's nothing wrong with expressing the fact that your spouse did something that offended you. The real enemy is dwelling on the mistake. If you keep bringing it up, repeating it again and again, it will destroy intimate conversation. Caring partners converse in a caring way. Well, we've now looked at Dr. Harley's four enemies of intimate conversation. Now let's look at what he calls the four friends of intimate conversation. His friend number one is conversing to inform, investigate, and understand. One of the most valuable uses of marital conversation is to create emotional closeness. Nothing does that better than talking about each other in positive and encouraging ways. The more you learn about each other and use that information to support each other, the more intimate your conversation becomes. Dr. Gottman refers to this as developing a highly detailed love map, his term for that part of your brain where you store all the relevant information about your partner's life. If you have a defensive relationship where your conversation tends to be critical instead of supportive, you may deliberately give each other misinformation. You may discourage investigation. You may be afraid to be understood by your spouse. These common weaknesses lead to a serious and often disastrous failure to adjust to each other's needs. If you want a satisfying marriage, Dr. Harley says you must use your conversation to inform, investigate, and understand each other. That sounds like mutual understanding to me. Inform each other of your personal feelings, interests, and activities. Answer every question honestly and respectfully. Provide information that your spouse wouldn't think to ask for. Keep calendars of your activities for the day and plans for the future and share them with each other. Tell your spouse your cell phone, social network, and email passwords. Dr. Harley says, Be completely transparent with each other. Don't keep any secrets. 
investigate each other's personal feelings, interests, and activities without being demanding, disrespectful, or angry when you hear something you feel should be changed. If you criticize or ridicule your spouse when he or she reveals personal information, it will be more difficult to express it in the future. Instead, encourage each other to be open and vulnerable by being respectful and sensitive. Understand each other's feelings, interests, and activities. What makes your spouse happy and sad, and why does it have that effect? Learn about each other's hot and cold buttons so you can bring out the best in each other and avoid the worst. One of the most important ways for you to care in marriage is to respond to that understanding with changes in your behavior that promote pleasure and avoid pain for each other. All three of these components to friend number one lead to mutual understanding. Dr. Harley's discussion of these leads me back to the creation story when the Genesis account says that Adam and Eve were naked and unashamed. We know from Genesis 3 that this referred to physical nakedness. However, as I've said before, I think there's another implication here. Remember, sin had not yet entered the world. Everything was perfect. And Adam and Eve were naked and unashamed emotionally. They could tell each other anything. Hopes, dreams, desires, wants and needs and not be afraid that they would be misunderstood or that their motives would be questioned. That was God's original design and intent. And then sin entered the world, and Adam and Eve immediately became selfish and self-centered, blaming each other and God for the debacle of eating from the tree of good and evil. And that's what we've inherited, selfishness and self-centeredness. Our natural tendency is not to inform, investigate, and understand. That's why we have to work at it and why we're not naturally very good at it. Well, friend number two, developing interest in each other's favorite topics of conversation. Have you ever noticed that even the most introverted people become talkative when you discuss certain subjects? Some of you ladies may have noticed that your quiet husband comes out of his shell when he's out with a few good male friends. Want to stimulate and encourage your partner to engage in conversation? Well, let me encourage you to learn about each other's favorite topics of conversation, even if some are not mutually interesting at first. Then talk to them about one of their favorite topics. It's interesting that the more you learn about something, the more curious you become. Friend number three, balancing the conversation. Dr. Harley says that balance is the first rule of etiquette for intimate conversation. Much has been written about being a good listener, but being a good talker is just as important. That's why Dr. Harley's first friend of intimate conversation was informing and investigating. You give and you receive information. Well, our time has gone for today. I invite you to join me on Monday mornings at 10 a.m. on my Mutual Understanding Method Facebook page for some live teaching on relationships. If you're not a Facebook user, or if the time is inconvenient, you can go to my website, 
mutualunderstanding.net and click on the Mum Live tab to view the recorded teachings. Be safe. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.